That's exactly how it happened, babe. <laughs> I literally was like, oh, this complete stranger is talking to me crazy out of her mouth. Fears. 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 I love this podcast. Fears. Fears. Weather. Fears. Food. Fears. This weather. Wagon wheel, what to see? Hello, I'm Joey Nolfi, Entertainment Weekly's RuPaul's Drag Race reporter, and today a field correspondent with boots and heels on the ground coming to you live from the 2010 red carpet premiere of Burlesque, the apparent birthplace of modern pop culture that Maya Iman LePage hilariously and adorably thought marked Cher's most iconic contribution to the world of fashion for the Night of 1000 Cher's runway. And I'm Jillian Cedarholm, EW's news director. And just like Lindsey Graham, my office is also covered in Rebecca Glasscock's season one <laughs> promo look posters. Uh, yes, we also have to point out on that note, Willem's iconic mentioning of Becky G. Yes, <laughs> I've been thinking Glasscock. about this, that Rebecca Glasscock <laughs> is the only Becky G Becky this G. fandom now <laughs> recognizes. I also was dying last night because I texted Jillian a picture of this Tupperware that I have that is called Glasslock, and I just said Rebecca, and it was <laughs> cracking me up all evening. But Jillian, before we get to our exit interview with our dearly departing Mirage and a bonus interview with a mandatory meeting later in the episode, I I do have to take it from you there, just because this this just in, I've been served court papers, actually, you have 24 hours to vacate your club in the name of air rights. Have you ever heard of air rights? Okay. I actually rewatched Burlesque just last night. And <laughs> just for this? Just for this. Well, I mean, whatever. It reminded me. This episode reminded me of it. And the air rights plot line is still so confusing. It makes about as much sense as the fame games rules. <laughs> But I guess you could say I know about as much about air rights as you do about share as you confessed in this voice note no. that you sent no. me after no. watching this episode. I thought you were kidding. I, I wish I could add to that commentary. However, I just, I, I, I don't really know anything about share besides burlesque. <laughs> oh, Julian receipts. No, I just, well, as I also admit in my Mirage interview, I. <laughs> As you will hear later, that actually tracks um, because both Mirage and I had never heard of Dark Lady before. But I just like Jillian, I would just like you to remember all that I do for you the next time you try to come for me like that. So to help me ask this next question, I would like to invite special guest correspondent Cher to the show <laughs> because I'm told that she does have a very important question. She refuses to do Drag Race, but she will do this show, this yes. podcast. Yes. Yes. Share, share, please, please ask your question. How many times have I held your head over the toilet bowl while you threw up everything but your memories? And share, share, while, while you're here, um, can we get a quote? How are you feeling this evening now that burlesque is finally out into the world? I'm great. Wagon wheel, what to see? Well, now that Jillian and I have found our way to the green room. Let's keep this wagon wheel what you see rolling into our full recap of episode four, which was just like Cher's quote about throwing up memories in burlesque. One of the most peculiar things I think I've seen within a much larger and better overall project. Almost as peculiar as that pronunciation of that word. 
What word? Pe- pe- peculiar? How do you say it? Pe- I said peculiar. Peak. You really put the peculiar. P in peculiar. <laughs> peculiar. The P in peculiar. Kutcher. No, I put the Q in peculiar. Um, so things began this week with Plain Jane offering a poorly received, I will say, apology to Amanda Tory meeting for last week's drama. And we'll get into that again later when we call a mandatory meeting with one of the involved parties, but things moved along to Rue introducing this week's maxi challenge, which by the way, Sammy, if we could pull up a poll, please. Um, I just realized the other day that the challenges are named mini and maxi challenges because of mini and maxi dresses, but Jilly and Closet has a different view on this. Well, I just don't, I don't know if that's true. What is the poll? Is this true? <gasps> like, I know that they were sitting on yes. graves in the promos, but I don't know if they, this is oh why. God. I mean, because Minnie, okay, Minnie and Maxi are not only words used for dresses. Like, it's yes, a size. But this is like, like a, a, a minivan, a Maxi competi- pad. Okay, so you think RuPaul's Drag Race is going for like, oh, Minnie and Maxi vans? As their theme, for, not not a fashion Minnie oriented. Minnie Mouse and Maxi Mouse, like no, no, Jillian. This is like this is a fashion themed runway based television program, and RuPaul is all about like fashion and dresses, and it's Minnie and Maxi dress. I don't. If that's true, I need it to be a little more. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't know. I guess I guess it took a lot of us a long time to realize the charisma uniqueness nerve and talent thing so and it maybe, only took maybe me so. 15 years to get mini and maxi dresses <laughs> you did it but one thing i wanted to say is that i'm sorry like the shade that plain is giving to morphine and morphine gives back i'm loving it i know this yeah. doesn't have to do with mini maxi but um i don't know where else to mention this but it's it's so fun <laughs> like i would love that because they know each other because morphine can yeah. give it back because it's not like it's obviously sisters, not personal yeah. That I'm such a fan of. Yeah, it just it feels different with I, I just don't know. I like, yeah, I love that. And I I kind of love that plane is just like a mischievous little demon in the corner this entire time. But for some reason, the only thing that I kind of question is like, why Amanda? Why is she coming so much for Amanda? Which I am hoping that we'll get some answers on as well. This season progresses. Yes, I, I question a lot of it, but the one thing I don't question is that she has great chemistry with morphine, and I would like to she does lean into that. But speaking of maxi challenges, whatever they're named after, just as I did during All Stars Eight, I did tear up when I when it was announced <laughs> that Drag Race was doing this tribute to Saturday Night Live once again with the returning RDR Live because, like Megami said, SNL is part of my culture, but. <laughs> They turned into tears of confusion when Rue claimed the challenge was back by popular popular demand. demand. And I remember it as we (laughs) spoke about the other week about like, would (laughs) Plain have seen Jimbo's stuff? The answer was no, because All Stars 8 had not yet filmed when they were film had not yet aired when they were filming this season. So, no, it's not backed by popular demand. And after this episode, I don't think it ever will be. Um, But the queens did get to pick their own roles because there was no mini dress challenge this week. Um, So it did. And it turned into a bloodbath like these picking of the roles somehow 
always seem to turn into. So Safira and Mirage both said they wanted to host, but then when Morphine suggested that they do a group vote or the infamous rock, paper, scissors, which, okay, as an aside, I don't know if anyone listening to this watched Squid Game reality show, but the now that it spoiler alert for something that happened a couple months ago but the final challenge winning somebody four million dollars or whatever it was was a game of rock paper scissors which like it made me immediately think of drag race and was the stupidest thing i've ever seen in an otherwise great reality (laughs) show sorry uh anyway safira decided (laughs) chilling is burning it all down today you know, I was listening to that Nicki Minaj diss track last no, night. No, 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 no. Oh, God. No. Okay. Anyway, no. Safira decided to select no. a new role instead of taking doing rock, paper, scissors, or leaving it to a group vote. And that somehow left Mirage confused and acting like she didn't want the role anymore, which was confusing to me too. Um, even more dramatic, Dawn decided she wanted to be news anchors with Amanda because they are friends and had the gall to suggest that Plasma, the Rachel Berry of the season, would do well in a role modeled after Barbara Streisand, which set Plasma off. <laughs> we still don't really know why. Well, I guess she mentioned that uh, Barbara was someone she never wanted to imitate or do anything that could potentially be jokey, like making fun of her, but it ultimately paid off. And I do want to note that if you have not seen this music video that plasma uh posted of her singing don't rain on my parade and there's like a whole like there's other drag queens involved it's like costumes it's really funny it's so um, good really cinematic so So, like please go watch this on youtube but um well it's a i didn't so i i didn't realize because i've i well this might not surprise you jillian but i've never seen funny girl and um it's funny because this whole thing I didn't realize um, it's like a full circle plasma thing from our interview. Remember when I was like, oh, hey, what did you think of Leah Michelle and Funny Girl? And she was like, who is that? But she had this whole narrative of like Barbara and Funny Girl in this music video apparently planned. So it's like we really hit it out of the park with that interview question, I guess. Yes, definitely. Um, but okay, so let's get into the the drama of this of picking roles. Why does this always become the most dramatic thing? And did it add anything to this episode? Because it seems like the show spends a lot of time getting into this. I mean, to be honest, I I've spent a, a lot of time thinking about this, and I think what it comes down to is purely structural. I think the show needs options in the editing room for how they want the episode to go. And they need the role selection to dictate that for them. And because there's a lot of different reactions and a lot of different things that you can sort of pull from in this role selection process, a lot of different reaction shots, a lot of different ways that it can build up drama. So I think because when Rue assigns roles, like we'll get like a quick like that, like sound effect and like people like casting glances here and there but this always provides a good 10 15 minutes of drama so uh i think that purely it's it's structural it's it's it also allows for like moments like jane choosing megami because she's bad (laughs) or at least that's what what jane said which made me feel like yeah and that that is not me saying that megami is bad i am not saying that i'm saying that 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 was 
Jane Plain had strategy. ranked her really low, had commented yeah. about her drag before. And so it did seem very much, and I think Morphine also called her out, or maybe it was in a confessional, that it seemed as if she uh, dissuaded Morphine from being her scene partner there so that Morphine couldn't give her a run for money. Yeah. Um, and once again, it was just like kind of funny, like, you know, not to compare queens, but like changed in the exact same role that Jimbo was in in RDR Live, which she wouldn't have seen yet, unless maybe, the, I don't know, maybe True. they showed him all stars in the hotel. Yeah, but, um, I don't know. It was, just the, it was just so like funny, the irony, I guess, of that. Um, did you get, did you get Relaska Talks vibes off of this Dawn moment of saying that she, you know, Plasma no. can't play with us. I'm friends with, with Amanda and Q. Uh, not really. I think it maybe, maybe we'll see that play out in the future, but I, I mean, I did get on, I mean, I, I did start to think at first like, oh girl, yeah, you're definitely, it seemed to change the tone of it. Like at first it did seem like, Oh, well they just want to kind of play together and like, we're going to convince plasma to take this other role. And then when plasma ended up actually doing well with it, they were like, see, like (laughs) we we were right. We told you, you. which was kind of cute in itself. Um, But at least it didn't go down like the season 15 role selection drama, which was very intense actually. (laughs) Which has led to basically the untucked, um, the opening of Untuck now is like is True. some of the things resulting yeah. from that fight. Yeah. But there was this, I just want to point out quickly, this hilarious moment during Rue's walkthrough where Geneva was like, yeah, I'll be good at memorizing these character details because I worked <laughs> at a grocery store and had to remember the vegetable and fruit codes. You <laughs> know what? Me I often wonder <laughs> when someone like has, has that memorized and they just like type it in. I am really impressed. Like how yeah. do you memorize oh, me- all a code for every vegetable in the store? I don't know. Perhaps we'll act, we'll have to ask Susan Powder for for an answer, our beloved grocery store queen. But let's move on to the maxi dress challenge. Um, and Mirage kicks off the show with an opening monologue and roughly three jokes. Um, Tsunami and Morphine uh, then did a sketch spoofing CNN's New Year's Eve festivities with Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen, followed by Maya videoing in amid a flood zone. Which the image is just one of the best images, I think, of the season so far. We then got Geneva as apparently just a random woman named Lindsey Graham with the wildest wig I think I've ever seen on this show. <laughs> then we cut to Megami and Plain Jane doing a sketch um, of a company specializing in decks, like wooden decks, followed by Don and Amanda anchoring the QNN news update desk with a special guest performance by Q as the first brick thrown at Stonewall. And then the show closes with Safira, Nymphia, and Plasma singing Christmas tunes in the vein of Barbara Streisand. And also, I have to note here, there was a hilarious RuPaul uh, moment where Ru came out as the musical guest and then immediately following the first headline on the queue, Ru was decked out head to toe in gold. The whole stage was gold. The dancers were in gold. And then the first headline on the QNN news was gold crisis. <laughs> <laughs> so Which the unintentional so joke was actually the funniest joke in the episode. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. But how do we think this RDR live compared to All Stars 8 and who do you think stood out? Because I just, I, 
I do not like this challenge. I, I hope that this is the, the last time they do this challenge because it's one thing to like, I mean, sketch comedy challenges, I think are always good, a good idea with drag race, but you have to make sure the writing is there and the writing was just not there for this one. It was not funny. It, the Queens didn't really have anything to work with. The only times it really worked, I felt were when Queens were being like going out of their way to be crazy, like Maya uh, but it wasn't the material that I was laughing at ever in 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 this, and so so I mean I guess that that rings pretty true to how Saturday Night Live plays lately. I mean I was gonna say like the thing that I get a lot of shit from my coworkers of being such an SNL stand forever, and that the no you suggestion don't. that I think that it's like the funniest show on TV is not the case. What keeps me going is that. The fact that this small group of people is putting together a live show in a matter of days, starting from scratch because it's topical often, is like a is like a small miracle. And I want to see how it pays off. I want to see what the writing is like. I would say this season is one of the least funny in general seasons of SNL for me. And so to now couple it with this terrible episode of RDR live when I did love the one on all stars. Like this has been a really difficult time for me. It's just not, I mean, I don't understand. I, I, and I think again, this is we're seeing. I just think they're, they're cranking out too much. I think that we're, I think drag race might need a format change. Honestly. Um, I think that, we need to start cycling in some new challenges. We need to start instead because these, the writing and a lot of these is just not there. Um, I mean, I think the last time it, 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 they'll occasionally have like one per season that is like super, super, super funny. Like the, um, the forensic Queens one for all stars eight. So freaking hilarious. I'm thinking of the improv one also with the Queens on season 15, like with Lux and the golf cart and my, like that stuff yeah. I thought was funny. But too, then they're but trying to shoehorn just... it in. Like those are new, yeah. but then we, I do want time to be like, Oh, I really want that. Same with SNL. Like right. when they have a recurring sketch, they had to stop yeah. doing it because it got so boring to have the same sketch all the time. And then it made you want to like wait, like for, Oh, when is Kate McKinnon going to do the Mrs. Rafferty goes to the alien sketch again, because I haven't seen it in months versus, Oh, I've seen this every week. I think they just need to do more less structured and more just coming up with a scenario and letting the Queens run wild. Um, like, well, they're different um, skills, so I do like to see an improv challenge versus a written challenge. I just no, that's I, what I'm saying. Yeah, like I'm written, thinking of something jokes, like though. the courtroom one from All Star Seven. Yeah. Um. Anyway, but the thing we can agree on is that this also was not live because Ross is popping up into a sketch and Rue is a musical guest, yeah. and they're supposed to be judging this while it's live. So that means that uh, possibly they could have done another take of Mirage not blowing uh several lines of this and you know fumbling i don't think she blew them i I mean she fumbled a lot she missed the cue on the audience applause she uh flubbed the i didn't read that as her i think she only flubbed Mm -hmm. that one line i read that as i didn't read that as her fumbling that i read that as her doing like what they often do on saturday night live like 
if she starts hearing the applause, but then she's continued, she's like, oh, yep, no, uh-huh, applause. Like, it, that, I don't to know. Me, I feel like in the prompter like an- it said, probably said applause, and then she got tripped up, maybe. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I definitely could not do this, so I don't want to be dragging her, and I love her and was very sad to see her go, but I definitely thought she fumbled and then also had no jokes written for her. And I think that's just a really hard, like the host, like you really have to, with this kind of writing, like you have to really be a big personality, the kind of person that anything you say is going to come off as funny. And I think Mirage was just so nervous that she, she wasn't bringing yeah, that kind of energy. Cause it's like, it's like, what exa- what could she have done? I think with the material was written for her. So and it was very short. Those jokes were not the best jokes. Yeah. Like, I just don't understand what are you gauging Mirage on in this? Well, I, I wonder when if they you did have, have the opportunity to punch it up, though. Like, if that had been a true, maybe, like, comedy queen yeah. and was able to maybe throw in some roast jokes. Because after that, I was like, oh, I wouldn't really want to see Mirage in a, a roast. Because, I mean, the... The jokes themselves were so awkward. So I just feel like if, I don't know, like if Bob the Drag Queen was there, she would have just been like, no, I'm not reading these. Here's some much better jokes. Like, I I mean, the one about like Nymphia's tuck going boom when she untucks of just like implying she has heavy genitals. (laughs) Like it was just so awkward. Like, I don't know. It was bad. Well, you also have a share spiracy with Maya. Okay, yeah. So let's talk about the the runway. So we yeah. have Night of a Thousand Shares. I might not have Plasma's encyclopedic Barbara knowledge when it comes to share, but I have been a share stand since I was a small child watching the Oscars. It was like one of the biggest movie stars I could think of. I spend a lot of time uh, in my nights of insomnia looking at old share photos because her outfits are amazing. Like if anyone ever wanted to show off a tight tuck, you do it in a sh- on a share runway because it was like the skimpiest bottoms in some of her outfits ever. So I was really excited, like so hyped for this episode in the beginning when I heard it was SNL and share and then left me with a lot lacking. Um, but the one thing that I think like it makes no sense, and I want to introduce this share spiracy into the world, like so that give because first of all, I think Maya really did make me laugh in the challenge, and I think did great, or great, and <laughs> then she shows up in this this share look that gets dragged for being share promoting burlesque when it's obviously the look from Turn Back Time, the sheer black bodysuit with a leather jacket and the big curly hair. And there, and like I looked through every single photo of Cher promoting burlesque, and the one they showed was like the closest to possibly being this. But all the red carpet premieres, she wasn't wearing anything at all like this. And then what I didn't catch in my first viewing and caught the second time was when Megami shows up in her turn back time look. They say this is Cher in turn back time from two thousand. 10 no they say from 2009 which means that this is a photo that was share when she recreated her old look at the mtv vmas and it was actually 2010 not 2009 and so that means that they must have just not had a like they weren't allowed to use a still from the music video maybe because yeah maybe when i first saw it i was like why because knowing that Cher had recreated the look I was like, why didn't they just like make it funny and be like, this person's from the original and this person's from the recreation? So I think that there was something 
some kind of shenanigans pulled and that Maya did come to the show intending for this to be turned back time. And either she snuck it on because they told her no, or someone pulled a fast one on her and was like, we didn't get clearance for the music video, even though we're on MTV. So we're going to say this is burlesque. And um, Jilly and enters her litigation era. <laughs> with, I'm just, I'm mad claim. on Maya's behalf because I just, I yeah. didn't think that this was a bottom episode for her. I think she's getting a lot of no. shit in the fandom and I, I don't like it because I just, I don't think. Yeah, she did accurate. so well in this challenge. I thought that she, honestly, she was my winner for this challenge. I think, I, I think she did so well. She was so funny and it was just such an improvement from what at least she's been shown as on the show so i just i was i was very pleased with this i agree and so yeah it was landed maya was in the bottom along with geneva and mirage and then in the top was plasma q and plain jane with plasma eventually winning um which revealed the shocking truth that q is actually the jan of the season not plasma as i think many of us had assumed which is interesting because we do see her i think it's in the preview we see her looking plucked again over her placement and so i, I don't know uh what this season looks like for q now i was surprised by plasma winning after i first watched when i watched it again maybe i noticed a little more in her performance that I hadn't the first time and was like, okay, she's really going for it. Like I do like that her, like she's actually singing and she's got the vocals there. Um, so for a night of sketches that none of them truly made me laugh, I definitely agree with her being in the top, but I, I think I really did. Like I thought that Maya did exactly what the judges had asked her. I thought that she let loose yeah. and went for it. And I didn't agree with RuPaul saying this character needs an arc. Like the arc was. Yeah, like what? You yeah, saw what you the mean? arc. Yeah, we did. It was, it, that was wild. I, I didn't get that, but I thought Plasma did a great job too. Like, I mean, I thought it was, I thought she was, it was nice to see her lean into something that she does really well. And I thought she did well with, like the material itself, this again, like the performance, great. The material itself that she had to work with, I don't think was that funny. Yeah, it's but, like when I get the script of this podcast and I have to like, what am I going to do? Okay, now I'm entering my <laughs> litigation era. Um, I'm going to sue you for air rights to this podcast on this podcast. Well, unfortunately, I'll never know what it is you're suing me for. <laughs> So before the lip sync, an untucked plain Jane again attempts to apologize to Amanda, who just keeps firing back at her. And I just wonder, like, if I'm plain Jane, why keep trying to read her? Because Amanda has now proven that she's, like, clapping back at lightning speed and, like, isn't going to take it. Like, what's the motivation? To quote Rosé on this very podcast, like, what's the motivation there, Diva? <laughs> but, like, Mirage just, I don't know, like... Later, Mirage also enters untucked and just like pounds a cocktail, which is like, I feel you, girl. Like she just chugs it, slams it back, and then freaks out about not knowing the words, which does come back to bite her. And what I thought was like a bizarre lip sync because, like, I don't even think that it was attributable to the Queen's skill levels. Like, Mirage and Geneva are both great performers and dancers, but giving them, like I said before, Dark Lady as the share song to lip sync to was just wild. And I think the results were appropriately peculiar. Um, like Mirage didn't know the words, but her the her moves 
were, while they were great, it like felt off with the tone of the song. And then she got tangled up in her hair and then she got eliminated. See, it was I, really sad. I actually disagree with you there because I thought that if this had not been a lip sync challenge and they were just made to suddenly dance to this song, I thought Mirage did a really good job with like a little bit of like slightly like belly dance kind of moves and then the way that she did the cartwheel and then like clacked on the ground like was exactly on beat with the song and so i thought that was really good and i think she would have easily walked away with a win if she had heard the song and i know there's a lot of discourse in the capital f fandom over if queens in their 20s and early 30s should ever have to learn this song but i I don't want to get into that part of it but i do want to get into this tweet that i saw where someone's like who care or like maybe they maybe they should maybe they shouldn't have to learn that song but what they should have to learn is if it's on the ipad of potential lip sync songs then yeah you do have to learn the song and so i did wish that she had done that um but i do i i did also of all the share songs i it was not the one that i would have picked for this group yeah especially it was a weird one you know who knows about money to to secure the rights of these songs yeah she's got a great new christmas album we could have we could have grabbed a song from yeah but if they can't even get the music video still rights yeah <laughs> maybe getting a song like that would be too difficult yeah but i just thought it was also like i don't know like the even in like when i interviewed mirage she was like and i asked her about the moment that the ring got caught she was like oh damn she was like i was hoping they wouldn't have put that in there but like it just felt like yeah, like they yeah. put that in there. They put the plasma in there, being like, "Oh, she doesn't know the words." And yeah, Michelle really at the end, like out. saying, "Not a word." Like, was that really necessary? I don't know. Yeah, I just she definitely felt knew like the chorus. They were kind of, yeah. It just kind of felt like they were kicking her while she was like already. It's like they had made yeah. the decision that they wanted Mirage to go in that moment, and it was like they were the edit kind of confirmed that you you definitely could have softened that a little bit i think for her yeah i agree Um, i don't think they saw coming for some reason what a fan favorite mirage was going to end up being so early well yeah because michelle said that her performance was messy in the talent show and everybody was like are you crazy yeah it was it's a little baffling but yeah very sad to see Mirage go. The one thing, um, I don't know if you know that much about facial hair growth, growth metrics, but like when it shows, what? I did notice what? this when Mirage is packing, she's basically got like nearly a full mustache and, and chin growth. And I was just putting together the timeline of like, okay, if she shaved pretty close to before putting on her makeup and doesn't have any kind of like hair seat, like peeking out through her makeup. And then by the time she's packing, She's got, like, is that possible? (laughs) How fast can someone grow a mustache? (laughs) I'm really stuck on this now, and I need answers. Let's rock, paper, scissors for it. (laughs) If I win, it's one day. If you win, it's six days. I don't know. Everybody's different, Jillian. I have no idea. All right. Well, congrats to her for being able to grow hair this quickly. (laughs) I I was impressed. Well... Um, unfortunately, I did not ask Mirage that question when in our exit interview, but you can stay tuned for which questions I did ask her in our full exit interview coming up with Mirage. Hey. 
Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce season five of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back to EW's Quick Drag, where we break down the art of people slamming their bodies into stages while wearing wigs and also get to the heart of philosophical matters of existence and life on Earth, like we'll attempt to do with my next guest. As her smash hit poses, she's such a bitch, but in the vein of Bob and Peppermint-style repetition, is she a bitch? Well, she's here to help us get to the bottom of that question and her very curious and heartbreaking to me elimination on RuPaul's Drag Race season 16. Please welcome the heel-clacking Swiffer of Las Vegas herself, the lovely Miss Mirage. Hi, Mirage. Thank you for being here. Hi, doll. Thanks for having me. Good to be back. Good to see you again. Yes, it is so nice to talk with you. But as I was saying right before we we started recording, I am just, I wish this was under better circumstances. I, you have just been such a joy to watch on TV, like a genuine joy. And it has been a pleasure getting to know you these past few weeks. So I hope you're feeling okay. Thank you so much. Yes. I mean, you know, it's, it's been a minute. I've had some time to um, come to terms with the situation. So it is what it is. <laughs> Yes. I mean, the situation, that is the the appropriate way to describe this, because I still can't wrap my head around it. It is the situation we're going to try to untangle, because I think this is going to be a shock to many people this early in the competition. So how how did you feel about the fact that not only were you eliminated, but that you were even in the bottom in the first place? Like, did it feel justified or did it come as a surprise to you that you were in the bottom for this challenge? In the moment when I was there um, doing it, I thought I killed it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's my delusion, but... No, I don't think it was delusion. I, I don't think it was. Because watching it back, I, I also was kind of like, this doesn't feel like a, a bottom performance to me. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I do want to talk about the content of this episode a little later, but I, I, I want to get right into what I think, you know, is, is going to be of top of mind for a lot of fans watching this episode this lip sync um we first saw you enter untucked and you just immediately chugged an entire drink and you (laughs) did say in our very first interview all the way last year that you do like to perform while drunk sometimes so i i would like to know were you drunk for this lip sync (laughs) probably yes you know what i we had it had been a while since we had lunch, and um, yeah, I just slammed those drinks because I had a feeling that something wicked was on this way it comes or whatever. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, I, I, as soon as you took that drink, I was like, yes, girl. I was like, yes, just get it all in, get it all in. Um, so you were feeling it. I mean, I, I said, if this is it, then we're going in. We're going in. <laughs> I appreciate that. This might be my last House of Love cocktail. I'm going to have three. yes that is the way to go out truly but i i also thought like of all of Cher's discography 
what did you think of this song as the share song that you had to lip sync to on this episode? Because I know, like, I'm not a huge share fan. Like I don't dislike her, but I would say if, if somebody were to ask me like the top five share songs in my Rolodex in my memory, I don't think this would be one of them. Did you, had you heard this song before? I was afraid to admit that I had never heard that song in my entire life. Okay. Thank you. Because it's share. And I was like, okay, well, you know, like i Clearly, I'm the only one who doesn't know this song, but I, I didn't want to admit it because it's 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 goddamn Cher, and I feel like everybody should know her, but I didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you were you were not alone because I I also you know did not. I mean, I don't pay attention that much to Cher's past discography, but like this was not a song that I immediately knew, and I think it it did become clear that I mean you you did express fears and untucked that you didn't know the lyrics and that. I mean, Michelle did also say, like, at the end of the lip sync, she was like, not one word as a criticism after the performance. So did you hear her say that from the main stage? Oh, no, I did not. But I did know the words, dark lady. Yeah, there you so, go. You knew two. Right, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> so you knew two <laughs> words. Okay, we are yeah. here disproving it. If she were to say not three words, then maybe. Then it would have maybe been accurate. She, maybe she wouldn't have a case. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it was, you know... We did see you back there with your iPod trying to to learn lyrics, and it was a small amount of time for, especially for a song that you've never heard before. Um, but like you, you really did try to learn the lyrics, right? Like I imagine it's a very high pressure situation trying to learn lyrics to a song that you've never heard before. I mean, I will say that is already something that I struggle with in general. <laughs> um, I don't know why, but yeah, that is like one of the hardest parts to drag for me is is memorizing new songs, and. I like once I got out there, everything that I did learn, it was just out the window. I just completely I blacked out. <laughs> well, do you remember maybe like if you could talk a little bit more about that, maybe like just that mindset of, OK, so you go in. You, so you think you knew a little bit of the song, at least you were able to learn some of it, but then you just blanked going onto the stage. Yeah. I mean, the music started and I remember like turning around and facing the judges and then I just like panic set in because i knew i didn't know it <laughs> and you don't want to look rupaul in the eye and not know her favorite artist it's so <sighs> that was awful that was embarrassing yeah well no i don't think you should be i think everybody watching the show knows the level of commitment and what this means and i don't think anybody's going to look at this and be like oh, how could she not learn the lyrics to a song that she never heard before in that amount of time? Like, people are going to give you some amount of grace here. I mean, it's a very hard task. And you're under a lot of pressure. And I think it was, you know, I, I thought that you're, you, because I, I don't anticipate that this is the kind of music that you normally dance to in doing a lot of the research that I had done on you. But I thought you did a good job with, you know, a new sort of genre of music for you. Um so is that accurate to, to that this is not maybe a song that you usually would do at Piranha? Definitely. Yes, that is a correct um, assumption. I mean, yeah, I don't want to sound like I'm making excuses, but at the same time, like, I don't know. This is a drag queen's job to um, learn new songs and perform them. So, yeah. Can you do you remember what exactly happened with there's a very quick shot of like it looks almost looks like your hand got tangled in in something on your costume or your wig or what what was going on there? Oh, damn. I was hoping it wouldn't show that part. No, my ring got stuck in my cheap ass fucking plastic ponytail. 
<laughs> so there's nothing more to it than that. It was just the ring getting stuck in the ponytail. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Pissed me off. And I, I was annoyed because I knew that that was not a dancing wig. That was like a really cheap late Halloween party wig that I just brushed before I got out there. So it would like, you know, <laughs> look decent enough to walk on the runway. But, oh, I knew it was going to get tingled. <laughs> Because Rue did also say something about that wig, like the eras being confused, I think, with with Cher. I think Rue said that looked like a 60s wig and the look was more like a 70s Cher wig. Was that always the plan to wear that wig or was that wig like a last minute thing? I mean, that was always the plan. I I tried to wear it as a wig and I was like, this is ugly. Like, I, it was. <laughs> it just looked like it was giving like Halloween. It was giving like Morticia Adams. And I, was like, I don't look like Cher. I look like spooky. Like, so I put it... I. I put the bangs on last minute <laughs> and did it more like ponytail. Yeah. I thought it looked cute. I did. I thought the whole look, look, look was good. Um, and I know you also had like a very big emotional response to your elimination. Like, I mean, it, it appears that you fell to the ground. I mean, what was going on like physically and mentally in that moment that, that made you sort of go to the ground? When they, when they say like this, like the, the wind was taken out of your sails or just i don't know like it really felt like disappointing yeah but did it it was like a physical sort of reaction like it it physically took it out of you yeah i mean yeah i've never had that happen i don't think i've ever experienced that before i've never been like i mean i'm sure that the the house of love cocktails had something to do with it my <laughs> dramatic response <laughs> and being a drag queen i don't know you know we do love the drama mm-hmm I don't know. I just let it take over me. Yeah. I've never, I've never, I've never had that happen before. I've never been like um, a very emotional person. I do not like crying, let alone in front of people I've never met, let alone on television. So yeah. I don't know. It was that was awful, and I was trying to hide, and I was like, "Girl, get where, where?" Hmm. Well, what what resonated with you about what Rue said to you that that got you back on your feet? I don't know. I feel like I really don't like. I blocked it all out, and I don't know. I don't remember RuPaul talking to me after I remember crying and then I like bent down and then I was like, damn, okay. They're like, they're not going to stop. There's no like, Oh, let me take a break or anything like that. And when I realized that I was like, I just need to get out of here. I need to take my own break. I didn't hear anybody say anything to me. Um, and I, I, I also didn't know that that was going to be the last time I would see the girls. Yeah. Like when you say bye and everything, like when they're hugging on stage, like that is the last time you see them. Like that is the goodbye. And I didn't see them for like months until after everybody came back. So yeah. that part was the hardest for me, I think, was realizing, oh no, I'm like, where are they? I'm not going to see them again. I don't get to say bye. Like that was the worst part. Yeah. Yeah. It does seem like a pretty strong sisterhood this season. And I mean, they have all been very strongly supporting you with your talent show song i mean she's such a bitch it has been so incredible watching this song i mean i think it's almost at a million plays on spotify alone like were what you... yeah i think it's like over 700 or 800,000 right now so i think it's going to be at a million by next week um bitch. yeah it's crazy it is absolutely crazy so were you expecting fans to have such an enthusiastic response to the song and your talent show performance when you were creating it? Not at all. Not at all. I really thought it was a stupid... Well, I mean, in a fun <laughs> way. In a fun way. I really was like, this is... It was just dumb. It was just supposed to be, like, silly and... And I don't know. I don't know what I expected. I really didn't have any, like, plans for that. And when it started 
when people were like telling me, oh, I'm listening to your song, like put on Spotify, put on Spotify. I was like, girl, whatever. <laughs> and then I did and, and, and it kind of took off. It's so crazy. Like, I don't think yeah. I could do it again if I tried. That's the gag. So there's no album in store for you? <laughs> I, well, I didn't say I wasn't going to try. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like I have to now. Yeah. The, the fans want it. Clearly the fans want it. Right. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But I, I do think I'm going to try just because, like, well, I mean, why not? Yeah. It looks like we're onto something. You definitely are. And I mean, people really re responded to that performance too. your talent show performance was so popular and it was so good. Um, I, th and that's also why I was a little surprised that it got the criticism of being messy on the main stage. Like, how did you feel about that in the moment? I will say like the whole time I was there, I was having a great time <laughs> mm -hmm. and I was just doing what I normally do with the club. And as far as like performance and, and that kind of stuff. And I don't know. I was really just doing what I normally do and having, I really enjoyed every single day. So when I didn't do well or when I got critiques and stuff, I was like, oh, well, okay, well, I, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it, whatever. And then yeah. when I was in the bottom, I was like, I don't know. It was really, I don't want to say confusing because that sounds like delusional, but I don't know. I was having a good ass time until they said go home. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think a lot of the fans were having a good time with that performance too. I mean, I think that it's one of those moments where, you know, it just, it, it takes off and everybody was super into it. And I think that is the sort of validation there that you did a good job is that the fans were super, super into it. And this week, uh, I do want to talk a little bit more about this challenge uh, because taking the role, um, it seemed that it, it almost seemed like you didn't want the role after Safira decided to say, okay, well, Mirage can just have the the hosting spot. You seemed a little nervous in that moment. Do you remember what was going on there um, it, it, and everything that, that went into you maybe looking a little lit, bit like you did not want the role after Safira gave it to you? Well, I was a little suspicious that we were like, that she just like gave it to me. And then I was like, oh, why? Me why? too. Yeah. Yeah. No, all of a sudden. It, so that was kind of going through my head a little bit, but for the most part, I was like, okay, period, thanks. That's what I wanted. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. well, there, there's just, I just have two more questions for you about, about this. Because um, in Untucked, there was more plain Jane and Amanda drama. So, what was of course, your reaction of in, yeah, of course, right? So, what was your reaction in the room to the plain apology at the beginning of the episode and then also again in Untucked? Like, was the feeling in the room more lighthearted with the exchanges between these two or like was it being received more intensely in the room? In general, I was living for it, um, first of all, because <laughs> it wasn't directed towards me. <laughs> and, <laughs> um i don't know i i i couldn't tell i think that was the thing it, like we couldn't tell either i i don't think plain jane is like dumb and i also don't think that she is like evil you know what i mean so I'm like does she know that she's being a bitch is she doing it for television you know what i mean like it was very i was confused and i tried to explain it one time where i said you know what you don't know her the way we do and that's why it sounds so bitchy when you do it and then she kept doing it so i was like you know what she doesn't care whatever i tried <laughs> yeah so i kind of ignored it after that and then in the untucked i was like trying to learn my song i was very much worried about um leaving the competition so i don't remember that part mm -hmm. so finally i mean i know we had anitra submit 
a question for you for our first interview, which was, I still laugh thinking about you trying to explain your drag and facial expressions. Um, like she really got you with that one. That was so funny. Um, and I know that she is a big part of, you know, your, your story, I guess, and being your friend and your sister in, in Vegas. So, um, you also referenced her in the lyrics of the song, actually, which I'm, I'm just remembering right now, but do you remember her reaction to, you know, your time on drag race when it, it came to an end and you came home? I knew she wasn't going to be like disappointed in me or anything. So I wasn't like super nervous for like anything like that about talking to her about it. Actually, I never told her when I go home. I haven't told anybody. Honestly, we really haven't even talked about it still. She, mm. she knows I didn't win and she knows I didn't come in second place like her. And that's, yeah. that's about it so far. Mirage, it is okay. You are just like, you are so endearing and charming and funny. And I just, I wish we had more of you on our TV screens this season. So, you know, I'll be pulling for the next time we get to see you on TV because I have a feeling it's not going to be too long because you just were so amazing on this season. And I just, you know, congratulations on all the achievements. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thanks for talking to me. Of course. I cannot wait till we see each other again. It's going to be um, very soon, I assume. Uh, you, you know what? I, from your lips to the drag god's ears, I hope so. Um, we'll will that into the universe as well. But thank you so much for your time today. Um, I really appreciate talking with you. You too. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mirage, for that lovely exit interview. Um, coming up next, we are spicing things up with an interview with a mandatory meeting where she's going to talk about her drama with Plain Jane and a few other extra surprise topics that you will not want to miss. Welcome back to EW's Quick Drag Podcast, where today we're channeling every horrendous corporate speak boss you've ever had because on the agenda docket for today, check your outlook house, we sensed a potential HR conflict among the ranks of the RuPaul's Drag Race season 16 gals. So in the great tradition of corporate Aaron, we felt it necessary to circle back, follow up and close the loop on all of the fireworks of the season so far with a woman who's been an absolute delight on our TV screens so far this year. Please welcome to this mandatory meeting, a mandatory meeting. Hi, Amanda. How are you? Good. How are you? I am doing so much better now that I am talking with you. I just, I've now got... Now that you're clocked in to the stand factory? Clocked in, full standing, writing up the full report. It will be on your desk <laughs> by tomorrow morning. Like, I'm so ready. I expect nothing less, Mr. Nolfi. <laughs> Well, thank you again so much for being here. We do have, we have a lot to discuss and I just, I want to get right into it because yeah. outside of the really hilarious work you've done between the talent show and your Michelle Visage runway, I mean, you've made a lot of new fans for this clash on the show with Plain Jane. So I want to sort of take it back to the moment on the show that she sort of first came for you and untucked, which was two weeks ago now. Mm -hmm. um, so what was going through your mind when this first happened? And what was the context of like, why you think she said what she said at the beginning? <laughs> Joey, the way it looked on camera, how she just walked up to me out of nowhere and started saying those things was exactly how it happened in the room. <laughs> it, felt crazy it felt oh like this God. girl 
had just gone rogue. And I was like, so what, like, can I fight her or what, like, what is, what are the stipulations here? What are the rules and regulations of this situation? I thought you were going the opposite with that. I thought you were going to be like, no, it was edited to look that way, but you're like, no, that's just how it happened. No, that's exactly how it happened, babe. (laughs) I literally was like, oh, this complete stranger is talking to me crazy out of her mouth. And I need to, I I don't know. Like, I didn't really like come for her in in response. I just was like honest about how I felt. I was like, what is happening? Why are you doing this? You know, like we don't know each other. Yeah. Yeah. Which I I don't think she was expecting. (laughs) I think that, yeah, as the weeks have gone on, it's that sort of, I think you can kind of read it on Plain's face that it's like, maybe she thinks it it wasn't going the way that she thought it would. Um, Oh, baby, she, it definitely wasn't going the way she thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, and I will be the first to admit, like, I love when there's mess on Drag Race. I think it's fun. I think it's funny. And I was kind of like at the beginning, especially on Plain's first episode when she was doing the sort of shady rankings, I was like, this is so funny. But then like like when it started with you and I was just like, okay, this is, I don't know what yeah. the goal is here. Like, I don't. I Well, to be honest, I don't think there was a goal. I think it was yeah. just, she thought she was making good TV. Um, I think that whether or not she was making good TV is entirely debatable because I think Mm. better TV was actually my response to her attempting (laughs) to make good TV. Um, But it's just like, I don't know, for me, I have dealt with a lot of behavior that is very similar to hers in my life. Um, And I, I think she just kind of caught me at like the sweet spot of my healing journey where like I was able to, see what she was doing and sort of like i don't know if neutralize is the right word but just sort of like i'm not i'm not giving you i'm not giving you like the response you're looking for whatever that was i'm just i'm sitting here like a real fucking person and i'm telling you i do not like this please stop you know because it's like yes oh that's what i was gonna say it's one of these things where like and obviously the discourse on twitter has been discoursing but it's like, you know, the, the people are like, oh, well, you know, she's really only saying things to you that your quote unquote sisters have also said, like, behind your back in confessionals. And so, like, that makes her real, right? Because she's mm-hmm. saying it to your face. And I tend to disagree with that statement because I think real would be like, you know, do, carrying on on camera like that and reading me, but then coming up to me at the makeup mirror and being like, you know what, girl, I think you should use this instead. Because that's what Sapphira and Morphine were doing. So it's like, to me, that's real. What's yeah. not real is, is like, you know, you're trying to, I don't even know, create some sort of like weird, it just, it was unpleasant to the point where I was like, you, this, this whole thing of like saying rude things to other people to their face. Um, and it's not even like funny or a joke. Cause that's what reading and shade is supposed to be is a joke and funny and like based in wit and not just malice. Um, but at that point I was like, now you're creating a, a hostile work environment and I simply will not tolerate that as being a mandatory meeting. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I there's one thing I want to go back to um, that you just said there. I'm going to put it, uh, keep that a mental note of that, but I want to, there, there's something else that you said here too. 
you you pointed out a, that Safira, um, that there was like a difference in in how maybe some of the other queens had said it because it it did remind me that the week before she did say something to you and untucked like I like your personality yeah. better than your drag and I think you all kind of laughed in that right, moment right so- because it's as much as that is a read of my makeup and my drag aesthetic as a whole it's also still a compliment to like who I am as a person and the the like the context and like general vibe of that comment was like once you bring your drag to where to the level of like your personality and your charisma you're going to be unstoppable so it's like to me that's not that's not tearing someone down that's actually building them up like you yeah. sure you can like highlight an area for improvement but like at the end of the day Safira was still helping me like Safira was was in the mirror next to me giving me makeup tips so it's like mm-hmm. If you're if you're gonna if you're gonna turn around and help me after you can be you can be as shady and rude to me as you want you know what I mean but it's yeah. like when when that's all it is and there's no real like substance in the relationship beyond that then <laughs> then we're not sisters we're yeah. we're coworkers yeah no I understand and, what you're saying and I demand respect from coworkers in the workplace yes yes so I do. What I wanted to ask you about what something that you said in that last response too, um, if you're comfortable, you said that you were on um, a healing process from something, oh, and, and maybe girl. so. So Oops. if you're comfortable with with talking about what exactly you meant by that, yeah. So when we were filming Drag Race, I was about five months fresh out of a divorce. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like yeah. literally, we. We got picked up and um, like the very next day, it would have been, I think it was five months to the day of like when I left my ex. So it was, yeah. I was, I was experiencing at a level for sure. Um, but honestly, I mean, you know, I'm not here to, to call anyone a name because I know that some people get very sensitive when this word gets thrown around, but like, I've, I was in a situation where I was being bullied constantly by yeah, yeah. my husband. So coming out of that, I just was like in a place where I would not tolerate anything of the sort. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not going, I'm not going to like get nasty back at you because I'm, I know that that's not going to benefit me, but I am going to just like be honest and real with you about what you're doing right now and how it's making me feel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very, I mean, a lot of people, I think, see this as maybe, I think a lot of people even see maybe the Drag Race contestants as characters on a TV show sometimes. And I think oh, they do. there's power in sort of saying that and making people understand that there are human beings with stories that extend well beyond this show that are exactly. feeling moments too sometimes that people don't realize. Well, right. And I mean, this is, I mean, I also just was like in a, like in the middle of like this gender, you know, exploration journey where I was like, you know, I was essentially, I had been considering myself non-binary for like four-ish years before Drag Race um, Mm -hmm. and was like, not sure that that was like exactly my tea and sort of figuring out where exactly I sit on the trans spectrum. Yeah. So like, and that, and that was 
something I was experiencing like during my marriage and that was it was not at all supported by my partner and so that ended up being like a big part of why I had to leave just because I was like I'm trans and he doesn't want to be with a trans person oh. Oh, so no. I mean but but here's the thing right it's like I I definitely was in a bad place about it mentally for a while but then it's like you get to a point where you're like I have to do what's right for me and that involved getting out of that. Yeah. And so when I, I think I showed up to drag race just in this space of like, I'm going to advocate for myself. I'm going to stand up for myself. I'm not going to allow myself to be sort of victimized in the way that I feel like I have been in the past pre drag race. And I was also like, you know, in this, in this environment for the first time where everyone's calling me Amanda and not like my government name. And realizing like how good that felt and how I was like really starting to feel a bit more comfortable in, you know, the, the reformation of my identity. And so to like have that and then have someone telling me I'm a brick and ugly all the time was really, I was like, Oh, you are evil. (laughs) You're an asshole. I mean, not that I think anyone in our cast is evil, but yeah. It still just was like, it was a thing that sent me to a place. And I was like, oh, I won't be putting up with this mm-hmm. at all. No, that gives a very, um, you know, considered portrait to the person behind, again, one of these moments. So do you, like, once you finally left that situation, though, how did that journey with gender, how did that sort of open up for you when you got out of that situation? Um, I mean, honestly, like the rest of the summer was quite tumultuous for me emotionally, mentally, physically, um, like, like post drag race. Um, and it was like, it was kind of jarring to like go from that environment where like everyone is calling me Amanda and she hurting me and, you know, that to being called my government name again and like he, him. And, and I just was like, oh no, this is, this is very much not correct for me so it in a way i think like that whole experience sort of helped push me out of the nest a little bit yeah crack the egg (laughs) so i just want to make sure that i'm just accurate going forward like so non-binary what pronouns what are the pronouns um i'm pretty much i just tell people anything but he him like they she it's all just yeah i mean i'm I'm sort of like (laughs) I haven't been like super transparent about this on the internet just because I was like, I hate making identity announcements on social media. Um, But yeah, I definitely have arrived to a point where I'm like, I feel like I'm transitioning and like, I don't know if I quite identify as like a trans woman yet because I feel like that's a bit of an achievement that I have yet to score. But I feel, Mm -hmm. I feel like a, like, I, I, I refer to myself as a tea girl at the moment. Okay. okay. Well, I thank you for, you know, feeling comfortable enough to share that with me in this interview. Yeah. That's, that really means a lot. Um, and that's actually, you know, it's making me a little emotional hearing you talk about this and I'm glad that you are on a path of, you know, you know, just hearing you say like how powerful it was to hear people call you Amanda on Drag Race and how those little things like that can can seem so little to, to some people are just, they mean sure. the world to others. And I'm just so happy For that you sure. had that experience. Yeah, thank you. So I, that just makes me think of this other, I mean, 
there was something else though that like bubbled up this week. Like, I mean, people on social media have been like posting these old photos of you. Like, it, d- oh, oh yes. <laughs> how, how do you feel about that? Like, do you do you seeing that make the rounds? I guess like against your will. Like, yeah. do you wish that people would stop sharing those? Um, I don't know. I feel like, I mean, to me, honestly, it's one of those things where I'm like, I, I think there's going to be a lot of shit slung my way with the whole trans experience. And I feel like that is one of the things that like, I could either choose to let it upset me or I can choose to just like, let it be water off a duck's back, so to speak. Um, and so I'm like, okay, if people are thirsting over pictures of me and how I used to look like before transitioning, then like, that's fine. That's fierce for them, I guess. Like I'm, you know, I'm not really interested in like hooking up with somebody who is more attracted to who I was four or five years ago. But yeah, if you can, if you want to get your rocks off to it, sure. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, I am all about like leaning into this, you know, this, I don't want to call it the new Amanda because obviously this is who you are, but I I just hope that people will, you know, lean more into this going forward because this is, you know, this community is a community that very much supposedly prides itself on lifting up, you know, members of its own community. And yeah. I mean, I think we, I think we've seen that that is definitely um, more of an aspirational than a realistic thing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I mean, it's just one of the, it's, I mean, I even had a moment on Twitter today where like someone was, someone posted a side by side of me from episode one and episode three. And they were like, wow, the glow is amazing. Or episode four. They're like, wow, the glow is so amazing. And then all these people in the comments were like, nah, I still see a brick. And like, you know, what glow up is it in the room with us? And I really, I was going to ignore it, but then I just felt so moved before I boarded my first flight today that I went in the comments and I was like, some of y'all need to realize that like, when you reply to things that I'm tagged in and you call me a brick or ugly or a man, like I see that and it does not make me feel good. So it's like, you, you know, sure. Have your fun. It's a TV show. You can talk about it. Everybody's going to, but like, I guess just keep in mind that there's a real person who sees that and like doesn't feel good when they read it. And yeah, (laughs) I guess I just wish these cunts would like be a bit more, I don't know, aware. Yeah. No, I think that that's a message that all of this fandom needs to hear. Um, Just people in general need to hear that. I mean, the internet, it, it creates this vacuum of irresponsibility in the sense that people feel like they don't, half they 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 feel like their words don't have any sort of meaning and well you know it's it's like that but it's also like um it seems like there's this whole like very victim blaming mindset around any sort of critique of a girl on drag race where it's like oh well you signed up for this like you know you you went on the show knowing we were all going to talk about you (laughs) and i'm like yeah, I like I did, and I know that. But it's you know, it it sort of goes back to this like that thing the vixen said in the season ten reunion. It's like, why am I being told how to react to someone who's not being told how to act? How to act? Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like so we're policing my response to nasty, hateful comments, but then I'm not allowed to hop back in there and say, "Hey, well, you're a cunt," and like that's not nice. <laughs> yeah. No, we need more people doing that, I think, because this fandom is just getting away with too much these days. And I know that social media also, it has played a big role in a lot of the 
tensions between some of the cast members too. So, and I mean, I know I, I, totally. I you know, we've seen you and plain Jane, um, talking a lot on Twitter recently. <laughs> so, I mean, I just, cause it's weird because I didn't, when I was, you know, in the interviews that we've done recently, I didn't necessarily sense anything and like any animosity between you and plain Jane. So how do you, where do you both stand today? Like, have you talked, have you talked privately? Like, where do you stand with your relationship? I will say that she sent me a text uh, about a week ago. Um, and it was a, a bit flippant in tone. Um, and it also happened to be the first text she had ever sent me outside of a group chat. <laughs> um, and so I, I had to clock her for that really quick and just be like, hey, so you're not going to slide into my iMessages with like petty Twitter bullshit. You know what I mean? Like you can keep the passive aggression on Twitter. And if you're going to be on my phone in the blue and gray bubbles, you're going to talk to me like a real person. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we, we had a little back and forth via text uh, that lasted a few days, sent each other some very long novels and paragraphs. Um and I would say after all of that, the status of our relationship is co-workers. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like, you know, I don't have any animosity toward her, but I also, I'm not at the point where I would consider her like a friend or a sister, but we are co-workers and we can communicate respectfully as co-workers now, which yeah. I think is good. So it's a step. Yeah. Well, you know, I think people, the hope for a lot of people here is, you know, after the fireworks and, and hearing what sort of is fueling that is that it can get to a better place someday. So I think there's a lot of goodwill and hoping that for all parties involved and not just to gloss it over and smooth it over and pretend like nothing happened. But there's genuine hope, I think, that right. you get to a good place because that's always what we want to see in the end. So, yeah. And I mean, like, listen, I'm I'm all for being on a good page like with everyone in the cast like i i think that's kind of obvious based on how i am with all the other girls in the cast on camera but like yeah you know i'm i'm a girl's girl i don't really i don't like to have enemies it doesn't make me feel good it's not fun for me like but i also if someone is rude to me i am going to absolutely give them hell for it yeah. <laughs> you know yeah yeah, no, I think that that's what a lot of people admire you for. And I, you know, I know we're running short on time here because you've got a, she's doing this interview in between flights, people. Um, So we, we've got you to, we've got a, a plane to catch. Um, so I just want to ask you. One, Not that. Not a plane to catch. <laughs> I just, I just want to ask you one more question here. Um, I, I loved your job reveal on this most recent episode, <laughs> a ghostwriter for OnlyFans. It was yeah. such a hilarious addition to the Amanda legacy. Um, the so I have to know the lore. Yes, the lore. That's the word I was looking for. What is like the most explicit thing you've ever said to someone on OnlyFans and the most explicit or like horrifying thing someone has said to you not knowing that it was you? Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> Literally. Oh, well, you're in an airport. Maybe I shouldn't have asked you this in an airport. <laughs> You're wild for that, Joey Nolfi. Um, I can definitely tell you there was this one guy that I was like chatting with on there on behalf of 
you know, some beautiful blonde girl with big tits. So <laughs> didn't take much imagination. Um, and he quite literally was like talking to her slash me, <laughs> me slash her about like wanting to impregnate her and, mm. uh, and how like he would, he would definitely stay there with her and take care of the baby. You know, he's a good guy. It, it just was the weirdest. And like, I'm talking, I, I just gave you the truncated version. Like he really went in and I was like, you need help. <laughs> did you say that? I'll, no. Oh my God. Oh. I would have been fired. Well, I did get fired eventually, but um, not for that. Oh no. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> no, I actually got fired because I like, I was, uh, I got the call for Drag Race and I was like, oh, well, I don't have time for this anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, that was, was a, lo a lovely little, what a fitting way to end the mandatory meeting um, then with a re reflection on professional history. Um, <laughs> Joey, why do I feel like these interviews with you always go off the rail? Because they do. They, they usually do. And that's what we love. Um, yeah, from our first one to the group interview now to this, I mean, we are covering so much ground. And I can't say how much I, you know, enough, how much I appreciate your candor and how fun it has been to talk with you. And thank you, uh, thank you for joining me from the airport. I think that's um, <laughs> second only to longtime listeners will remember our Kylie Sonique love famously uh, walked through an airport for our All Stars 6 interview. So now Amanda <laughs> joins the ranks of Kylie Sonique loves. <laughs> Sickening. I just want to say one last thing to the listeners, the audience, the viewers at home. Um, if you want to be my fan because you don't like plain Jane, I'm not interested in you as a fan. <laughs> I'm only interested in fans who like me for what I do and not because they just like someone else. Yeah. What a great that's thing it. to say. That's you very know, beautiful. Like, yeah. I, that's, that's all I care about at this point. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's important that you said that. Um, and thank you for, uh, again, for your time and uh, yeah. for this just being such a great interview. You're always so fun to talk to. Thank you, Joey. You're so fun to talk to. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Amanda. And have a safe flight. Thank you. Thank you once again to our special guests, Mirage and Amandatory Meeting. Please make sure to rate us and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts and please leave us a review. It will help us bring you even more ex explosive, exclusive interviews and explosive <laughs> with drag talent going forward. If you are sad that Mirage left and you want her back, give us a five star, <laughs> give us a five star rating yes. to that. That's yes. how you vote. And we will send that over to Drag Race to let them know. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Every five-star review counts. So if you, you're helping us, you're helping Mirage. Um, but tune in next week where we'll have another interview with season 16's third eliminated queen. Until next week. Wait, I have to do a vocal exercise. Have a... I, I have to do a vocal exercise <laughs> to be able to do this. Hold on. Okay. I, yes. ha I have yes. to think of Kermit saying, <clears throat> Hi-ho, Kermit the Frog. <laughs> okay. Ready. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, until next week. Have, have a great a night. <laughs> Jillian, can you say Alexis Michelle piss pig in that voice? I'm turning red. Oh, Sammy, I'm you better a, not stop recording. I'm a piss pig. <laughs> 
Alexis Michelle. <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> Sammy, that stays in the edit. That All stays right. in. All right. <laughs> Throw up everything but your memories. Quick Drag is an entertainment weekly podcast hosted and produced by Joey Nolfi and Jillian Cedarholm, produced and edited by Sammy Junio. Thanks for listening. This weather. Cloudy weather. Ooh. Minnie Mouse and Maxi Mouse. Like. No, uh, no, uh, Jillian.